0: You're listening to Medicinal Minutes with Megan Mazingo. This is Medicinal Minutes with Megan Mazingo. And today I have a friend here with me. We have already been giggling and having the best time just chatting. Uh, my name is Susan, and we have connected based on just healing uh, through some pretty crazy stuff. Um, Susan, thank you so much for being on the podcast today it's it's always great talking to you and I'm very honored to hear your story and uh to giggle through this whole episode together because (laughs) laughter is a power source and it's a weapon and I am 100% okay with releasing joy into this entire podcast so thank you for being here yeah
1: thanks for having me (laughs) it's great to be
0: here so Could you just tell us a little bit of maybe broad, broad background as to Mm -hmm. your story? And, um, you know, a lot of people, every single person has struggles and trauma that they've lived through. There's different levels of struggles of trauma and, um, you have survived and, been redeemed from so many deep deep traumas so could you kind of give us a picture as to what that looks like for you well um I definitely
1: like I could take it back to the beginning I'm not going to share the deep stuff today because I feel like it's not it's not the time for me to share but I do want to share the basics of my story um because I'm hoping that it would help someone else to just hear, you know, um, I'm still on my journey and I feel like healing is a lifetime journey. It's, it's not just a, you do it in a year and six weeks or in one time, and then you're, you're totally healed. It's like, there is layers upon layers. And, you know, um, I grew up in a home that my, my parents loved each other very much. And my um, but my mom struggled with mental health. She struggled with a lot of depression um, and had multiple diagnoses on her. Um, She was in and out of the hospitals and also dealt with addiction um, through my childhood. Um, And because of that, it was really, it was a tough my elementary years were some of the toughest years that, um, pre, even some of my memories coming back, I remember being rough. Um, and I, you know, I had a lot of family and friends that were praying for me and they, um, I was starting to walk down a rough road, probably at age 10, 11 years old. I started to get a little rebellious and acted more like an 18-year-old than a 10 or 11-year-old. And, um, you know, I I was invited to be involved in a passion play, which was a musical about Jesus um, at a a local teen center. And I loved music. I loved acting. And I was so excited. And I, um, you know, it was through that experience that I, it wasn't someone preaching the gospel to me. It was the factor that the people there were different and they loved me. I, in elementary school, most of the kids was bullied. Um, I I was always the odd one because I was dealing with a lot of stuff. And even at that time, stuff I didn't remember and I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that I didn't fit in and that there was some really heavy things happening. Um, and it affected my schooling, it affected me socially. But when I got to the teen center, these people loved me, and they treated me like family. And I was like, there's something different about them. And I remember there was an older teen girl there. And I remember saying, there's something different about you. Why? Why? why do you act the way you act and she says it's because of Jesus and you know she shared some of her stories and just uh, miracles that happened in her life and i'm like wow he loves you that much and you know it was like and then being in the play i encountered him and i i had an encounter with Jesus at the cross and just i i knew that's what i wanted i it was like i had been so depressed and so a mess in my life and i was about 12 when i gave my heart to the lord um and through that time till my you know adulthood um i just i i hungered for him i hungered for more because there was something deep that had been missing um and it was like an empty pit inside and i knew i just needed more of jesus and um, in that hunger, I, I really grew, um, in my walk, just being involved at the teen center there. And then, um, when I met my husband, we started to get involved in helping at some churches. We, we kind of went through a couple different churches that were involved doing youth ministry. Um, also I led worship and a prophetic ministry, just different, different things through the several decades of, you know, adulthood. (laughs) I'm not going to say how many decades, but it just, you know, it, it was, um, and there was a lot of experiences in those moments and probably, um, a couple years after I was married, I got, um, I learned about inner healing, And began to work with a couple that were like parents to me, like spiritual parents that really worked through some deep, deeper trauma that I was aware of at the time, just from my childhood. Um, And I felt like, oh, I'm doing a lot better, but I found I still was hitting walls in some areas. And it literally, I remember hearing, um, you know, them talking about... um, rebuke the devil and he'll flee or you know when like when these voices would rise up you know to just to rebuke them and command them to go and that they would go and i remember there were times where my anxiety and my the heaviness in my heart there would be days like usually once or twice a week where it was so heavy that um I would hear these voices of doubt and anger and like, you're never, they don't like you. You're never going to get through this. And I used to immediately think that was the enemy. I, I used to always think, well, that's, that's the enemy speaking. And I'd rebuke it and command it to go and it would continue to happen. And um, sometimes it, it got so overwhelming. I, I almost did something regretful, you know, it, it just, it would get bad. And, um, you know, I, but still through that time, I really was pursuing relationship with the Lord because where I found the most peace and the most joy was when I encountered him and I had some amazing encounters with the Lord. Um, I would say probably from 2008, um, on, I'd start to have these visions and dreams. And a lot of it came through a season where I was, um, we were trying to have children from 2001 to 2007. So I, we were really, um, longing for children and we, we were told we couldn't have children and, um, our church had a prayer room. So I would, um, we One of the things they said is it was probably stress-related and that I needed to reduce my stress. So we cut back on ministry stuff. I also ended up going part-time and trying to do my graphic design part-time freelance. And so I would work the mornings and I usually would go straight from work to the prayer room at my church. And I would go in there and just soak in the Lord's presence. And I would spend time with him. And sometimes I would fall in that half sleep, half awake moments. And I'd have these amazing encounters with him. And um, I just, every time that would happen, it was like something really deep and really powerful. And I remember I even began having dreams about other people and the Lord would show me something. And then I'd feel like i needed to share it with them and it ended up being something very um important for them and i mean i remember one was about this little girl with a rose and she gave it to she was to give it to her, her mother or her grandmother and the decision was hers and she um was kind of struggling between the two and in the dream her mother said it's okay it's okay to let to give it to grandma, and she gave it to her grandma, and um, there was such peace and joy in in this dream. And um, anyway, I shared that with the mother, and she started to weep, and she says, "I've been praying about it because she wants to go back to her grandmother's house." And it was like it it brought a huge amount of peace in the situation and really helped out, you know, but I I'd have these amazing encounters. And then, um, when I was, um, during that time, I, I wanted to have, I was hungry for more, you know? And I thought that's if, if this love that I feel for him, the best way I can experience it is to actually be in his presence to be with him because I was, I'm a very visual and I'm a, you know, I'm feel, I see, I hear, I touch, you know, that, that was what I longed with, longed for with the Lord. And I longed to be able to not just do it on his time, but when I wanted to, and I started to uh, like learn and, um, I I believe God connected me with people that I needed to be connected to learn how to hear and to see and to understand those things. And it was really awesome because I had been experiencing it, but I learned how to do it on my own. And it was, it was amazing. But what I discovered um, was with that came a level of maturity that I needed to grow up in because when you begin to see and hear in the spirit realm, not just when the Lord's doing it, but just aware of it, um, it opens up things that you're going to see other things and, um, understanding that and learning to discern that is so important. And I didn't really have people in my life at that time to guide me, but God put them in my life, you know? And at one point, um, I hit a wall because there was some deception that happened in my life. And um, I thought I was experiencing something that was the real Jesus and it wasn't. And um, when that happened, it really, it broke my heart to the point that I wanted to throw every single encounter I had with him away, you know, and I had some amazing encounters with him. And I was like, I I was so angry because I was like, God, I thought this was you and this wasn't you. How can you, you know, how can you do this to me, God? And I, I got angry because I'm like, I, I wanted to know that for sure it was you and I didn't, you know, and you know, in that moment, the Lord, it took some time, but he began to open up some things to help me to see what was going on. And the one thing I realized is that sometimes, um, we have deep wounds in us and it literally can be like a filter that, or like a screen that taints, um, our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears and, and how we feel about things. And it's like, When we are already partially open to those things and, and, you know, experiencing those things and then something else, um, we, we begin to pursue that more. It's like when we are aware of the spirit realm, it's like, there are things in the spirit realm that are aware of us. And if there's open doors, there's things in our lives that are not cleaned up. It's like, ooh, that's a way to get in.
0: I love and, mentioning open doors, and even yeah. I mean, like, shoot, you've you've said a whole yeah. lot of nuggets. Yeah. And I want I want to unpack a lot of what you have said, so I'm actually yeah. going to go back to when you were saying how rebuke the devil and he'll flee from you. Yeah. Um, that's absolute truth, but yeah. sometimes we're rebuking things that are not the devil. Yes, especially with people who have lots of layers of wounds that are filtering their eyes, their spiritual eyes.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you're you're on this journey, and you're realizing (laughs) that you're rebuking the devil. Obviously, these voices are not fleeing from you. No. Tell us, tell us about that. What is the journey there for our listeners who might not know what you're talking about? (laughs) So this,
1: this takes me forward to about 2015, I was having all these encounters with God and I, um, had began blogging about him, sharing about him in my, my blog, Mystic Mama Storm. And I was talking about things that God was showing me and a good friend of mine, praying medic (laughs) at the time, I didn't know as well, but, um, connected me to me through, I believe, Michael King, um, who is a longtime friend from the area originally, but he, um, so praying medic shared a post of mine and I began really following along with a lot of what he was sharing at the time about the supernatural and that, and he had some podcasts, <laughs> ironically, that he had began sharing about inner healing. And I, it was already an interest of mine and it was already an area that I was feeling the need for in that season. And, um, he started talking about parts and healing fragments and fragments and altars. And, and for some reason, when, you know, it's like, you know, when something is for you to hear, and that was a moment when he began sharing about parts, I was like, And he started talking about and essentially what parts are or fragments or alters are is when someone experiences trauma, when someone experiences any, like an area that is really impactful on their life that um, traumatizes them. And especially repeatedly, but not always repeatedly, even like, for example, a child gets bitten by a dog as early childhood and then every single time they hear a dog barking or a dog coming towards them, it triggers up emotions that even as an adult, they might be pretty on it, but when it's a dog, suddenly they're childlike and they're scared. Um, And they may even almost act like a child because it's overwhelming. Um, that's, That's called a trigger. And those reactions are oftentimes a part of our soul. And I mean, if you look at, I believe it's Isaiah 61, it talks about um, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news um, and to bind up the brokenhearted. And the brokenhearted means shabar and um, shabar means to shatter. So when we experience trauma, it's like a part of our, our soul, a part of who we are is shattered and it's not like it's a broken, but it's like that memory, that experience, our our minds and the way God created our soul, I think is beautiful because He gave us the ability to in that moment take that experience and to separate from it so that we can continue to live our lives. Mm-hmm. And as a child, when we experience something like that, that that part of us that experienced that They sometimes get pushed aside because we can't live in that fear for the rest of our lives, but it impacted us so much. And if it's not healed, it oftentimes will, we call it, um, dissociate from the rest of our consciousness. However, if a dog barks, then all of a sudden that part comes up and it might not be like a child coming to the surface, but it's like that emotion of fear and and um, being like a childlike fear even will be right behind um, our consciousness. And we might be like, why am I feeling this way? But yet internally, we're still feeling that. That is a fragmented part. And for me, going through a lot of, um, of trauma in my childhood, those parts of my soul that were really dealing with some heavy things would come up when I was in certain points of the week in certain times. Um, And I really believe a lot of the voices I was hearing were the voices of my parts that were struggling. And although my, who knows Jesus, the person on the surface is like, I know that I am loved and that it doesn't matter what people think it thinks it matters what God says about me and my identity in Christ is, you know, I know who I am in Christ and I could say and declare these things, but yet there was still a part of my soul, a part of my mind, a, a part of my emotions that was struggling. And that's where it is so important when we are dealing with these things to face them yeah. and to really be willing to say, to take a moment out of our lives And say, you know what, I am that strong person that knows who I am in Christ. But there's also a part of me that doesn't right now and is really hurting. And rather than rebuking them and trying to shut them up, I need to bring that part of me to Jesus right now and work through it. And that's what I learned in those years. um, Well, from 2015 on more recently was the need to do that, to face those voices. And, you know, sometimes we can go through healing and I went through those years of healing and I sat there and I thought, did it not do any good? Because here I am still struggling with these same things. And what I realized a lot of it, it's like an onion or the other, I know my friend, Matt, he talks about it being like a spiral staircase. There's there's layers. To it and you kind of go around it over and over again and it's not because you didn't get healed it's just that there's another layer there's something more that that we need to work on and even with um parts of our soul we can get a lot of healing but sometimes there's a little bit more that needs to happen you know and sometimes we have to deal with the surface before we can go to the deeper areas in our lives so
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting too, because I have my own traumas that I've worked through and while mine are different than your story and different than our listeners stories, every single person has different things that have made them who they are. And, um, there was a really, I woke up panicked in the night watches, like in the nighttime. Yeah. And it was a little part of me who was very, very panicked. And I asked Jesus, uh, if it was okay to engage with my angels and Mm -hmm. Jesus said, absolutely. And so this little part looks up at my angel and, um, gives my angel a hug. And Mm -hmm. the, the way that my angel was engaging with me was very similar to, um, you know, whenever you have a great companion in like a dog and that dog, like looks at you, acknowledges you, loves you. It was very, it wasn't like a, a, a pet, so to speak. It was like a deep companionship of oh, yeah. I'm embracing you and I love you. And even though we're different, there's mm-hmm. still this, this synergy that was there. Mm-hmm. And at that point, um, my angel hugged me, and I was hugging my angel, and then my angel led me to these rivers in the spirit realm. And one of them was—it's so strange. One of them was like, if you could get into liquid jello, <laughs> like you know how <laughs> colorful it is. Yes. Well, it was like it was like the frequency of amethyst, and it was the color of amethyst. And so we're literally swimming in amethyst. And then it turns to a different river and it turns into like this orange color. Um, Mm. like, I don't, I don't know what color it would be. Um, (laughs) like an orange gemstone. Mm. And at the, at that point in this encounter, I didn't know what part Jesus was trying to heal, but it was specific to a specific time in my life when trauma took place Yeah. And I know that because it was the color of my bedroom (laughs) at the time (laughs) the trouble was taking place. I painted my walls orange and the baseboards purple. And so, like, (laughs) wow, that's great. (laughs) when, When the Lord is ready to bring things to the surface and say, okay, this is your stair step that you're on. You know how many mm-hmm. there are? So many times when I've done the inner healing work for that age portion of myself, Yeah. that Jesus is so kind to say, "Here's another treasure for you. I want <laughs> you to know that it's okay to engage yeah. you have these gifts. Hey, and I want you to go back to this area, even though you've been here before." And I want you to release a little bit more of the trauma that's there, of the energy in your body that's trapped. Yeah. Emotions create energy. It's in motion. E motion energy in motion. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now we're at a time with inner healing and just physical healing, spiritual healing, Mm -hmm. where we have a lot more tools in our arsenal. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is right there just like saying, at a girl, keep going.
1: Keep yeah, going. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Man. And it's, it's so funny. Um, It reminds me before I even understood about parts and fragments and that Um, I was at my church and I had just had my daughter. So she was maybe my oldest. She's now 13. So she was like, I think she's like six months old and tiny. And I had been visiting, well, no, that day, um, a family member was supposed to come over and she didn't. And I was facing some disappointments because I had that repeat thing happen where, you know, they were like, oh, we're going to come help or we're going to come spend time. And then I'm sorry, I'm not feeling good. I can't come, you know, and it, 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 it it was a, it was a trigger. It was a wound area that had happened repeated time. You know Um, it's a pretty typical one that a lot of us have, but I went to church that night and I had um, I think I had left my daughter with my husband that night and I just needed some time away with Lord after a day, you know, maybe. And, um, a pastor friend of mine came up to me and he goes, Susan, God wants to bury the hatchet with that family member. I'm not going to say it's just out of honor from them, but, um, you know, when he said that I just was out on the floor. And I mean, I've, it's rare that like, I'll, I'll go out on the floor. Like it, it was like someone knocked me over, <laughs> but I went into this open vision encounter that it was like a memory and it was a memory. And I, at the time I had no idea about parts, but this was my intro to parts. Even before I knew it, I was in my school bus And I was watching, but I was watching like I was on a video camera above watching down like from above to see what was happening. And it was an eight-year-old version of me and I was running home from the bus and I could feel the anxiety because it wasn't good at school. It wasn't good on the bus. It wasn't good at home. And I was running home and I came into my door and my mom had been having a really bad day. And sometimes in that season when things were bad, she would get so angry um, and depressed, and she was not herself. Um, I believe she had parts too that would come to the surface that were violent—not not physically to hurt people, but just violent in their anger. And she was like, "I can't be a mother anymore. I can't be a wife anymore. I should just kill myself." And she was throwing throwing things, um, at my dad, she was just throwing plates. And I remember her just being so violent and it, it scared me. And I remember running past and running into my room and locking the door and hiding in the closet. And so that part of the vision ended. And I remember waking up from it and weeping. And I'm like, God, what what the heck was that? (laughs) You know what I mean? But I just, it was like all this, the emotions connected to that memory were so strong. And suddenly it changed and I saw Jesus walk through the door. And Jesus walked the same path and he walked past my parents and he came to the door and my door and started knocking. He's like, Susan, let me in. And I remember just um crying and cowering, and like, I can't, I'm too scared. And he's like, but I want to be with you. And I remember going to the door and trying to unlock it. And I couldn't get the door unlocked. I couldn't get it open. It was jammed. I'm like, it's jammed. And he said, you pull while push. And I did. And the door swung open. And he just embraced me and just began weeping with me. And I remember I was tiny. And I just like in his robes, like just weeping and crying. And then um, like I woke up again and just crying from from this encounter with him and the next part of it like I went back into it as I was crying there and he was like okay now it's time to go you can't stay here anymore you know and we we went out and he I didn't want to go at first he's like I'll go before you but we're gonna say goodbye and I remember hugging them. And we even to this day, we still do group hugs and kisses. So it was like I was kissing and hugging them with Jesus and saying goodbye. And as I was doing this, it was like suddenly I was older. I wasn't a child anymore. And I was leaving the house. And there was just such healing in that encounter. And it was something that the Lord brought in and just did in such a deep way. Um that it just it brought Um, I realized there was a part of me that was still stuck at my parents' house in that memory. And even internally in my heart was stuck in this place of hiddenness and fear of confrontation, fear of moving away from really hard things, you know? Um, And it, it was like, he did something really powerful there, but I didn't fully understand it until years down the road, when I was working through things again, after hearing from Praying Medic about, you know, the fragments and altars and that, and um, I, through a chain of events, met a good friend of mine, uh, Matt, who began working with me, and we worked through some pretty intense things, and just, there was such healing in, in those, um, those experiences. You know, and um, it, it really helped me to um, just to overcome a lot of, um, you know, working through those parts that were wounded and that. And even later on down the road, we revisited that place several times because it wasn't just one part. There was multiple times that I was in that same place. Um so it's, it's been a repeat, but it's like, there's, there's layers of it. And it's been so good to work through it.
0: <laughs> Things that I, I just so love Jesus for this specific. Yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned that you're at the door and you're, you're like, I can't get it open. It's stuck. Yeah. How many times that literally is so resonating with people yes. in general. Yes. Yeah. Jesus' response was you push or you pull, I'll push. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It genuinely requires us to have a little bit of skin in the game. Yeah. That we Mm. can take a little bit of ownership of our journey and of this amazing existence that we have, even if there's a crap
1: and a lot of trauma,
0: but on the other side of it is Jesus and an embrace and a safety that brings so much like, just so much glory yeah. and I don't say that in like a religious way at all. I'm saying that he moves us from glory to glory to glory and we don't have to have our faces covered in shame at all. No, no. no shame to the no. trauma that we've lived through. <laughs> it's, it's layer upon layer, like you said. And I just, yeah. I just, I'm so thankful that Jesus showed you that because now you told it to me and I'm just
1: like, <laughs> Well, and I I think the interesting thing is through these years, I, I look back and I realize um, you know, something I learned early on was when it comes to healing, when it comes to anything in our journey that's difficult, sometimes we can look at the big picture, we can look at healing, we can even look at our past and say, there's no way I'm ever gonna heal of that. You know, because it's just too much. But when we can look at problems, even in society today, but, you know, some of the struggles we have as families, and you know, I, I can, I could talk about several, which I'm not going to. But you know, that I, I could say, oh, it's a mess. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I don't know where to start because it's, it's just a mess. And you know, something I learned was that we need to ask God, what is our part to play? And what do we need to to turn over to you? And that's really been a big part of the journey is learning to surrender um, what we think needs to happen to him or surrender the things we can't understand or do on our own. And even in the journey of healing, I've at times had to, let go of things, not necessarily because I didn't understand it, but because it was just too much in that season and say, God, what do you want me to work on right now? And focus on that and the rest put it in his hands, you know? Um, and, and that's hard at times because you feel like, well, am I, am I, um, giving up something, that is a part of who I am It's like, no, that's still who I am. But right now, you know, and, and I'm in a season right now that, um, since August, I've really had to step back. Um, you know, I, in 2017, some of my memories came back from my childhood of some pretty heavy abuse. And it was stuff that I don't think even my parents were aware of, and with that came some trafficking. Um, it, it, in my memories, I had memories of being trafficked and um, childhood sexual abuse, and it was intense. And it was it was really hard to face those memories. I sometimes still don't want to believe it. I'm like, was that just a bad dream, you know, or was that something that happened in the spirit realm that wasn't real? And Honestly, in every single case I've learned, I've had to give it to the Lord. I've had to turn it over to Him and have Him put the pieces together and weave out what's truth and what is maybe, it's not that it's not truth. It's just, it's something that was real to a part, but might not have happened physically. But there was a lot of stuff that there was, you know, confirmation over and over of, okay, that was real. This, I'm not just making this up or I'm not having a part dreaming this. It's, it's real. Um, and, you know, facing those things, it's scary, but then there's also this part of you that wants to start investigating to try to find out, okay, did anyone else experience this? Has anyone else gone through this? And, and, begins researching the spiritual side of things, the the even the the trauma side of things, um, learning more about parts and, and fragments and, and wanting to understand. And even that end of it, it can be tempting to begin to like research. And in the research it almost stirs up more than some people are ready to face. And, you know, walking through the journey at the beginning, I was very like, I was so overwhelmed by what I was experiencing and what I was remembering that I, um, you know, I was not functioning. I was not able to function because of how heavy the trauma was. And it was to the point that there were days I was in bed because I just could not get up um, because I was at night reliving memories and, and it, it came back back pretty harshly. Um, But, you know, thankfully that aspect of my healing journey came with me being surrounded by people that could support me. And I know not everyone has that. And I'm thankful I had that because um, some people, you know, they don't have anyone but I, I, I had people in my community, people online that were in my community that I had been um, learning from, getting help from, and helping them help others um, that could support me through the journey. And it was intense, and sometimes it was daily, sometimes it was hours of the day, just walking through the heaviness of um, unpacking the trauma and getting to a place of being stable and, and able to function for my family. And, you know, I was thankful that I had people that could do that. So that when my kids were home in the evening and at the time they were in school, so it was like, you know, they, when they were at school or at, at night was my time to work and the evenings was my time with family. And sometimes I could be a mom. And some days I literally had to hide in my room because I just could not, um, I could not cope. And I had to isolate to, to heal. And I'm thankful God surrounded me with people that could support me through it. And a husband who was patient <laughs> through it too, you know? Um, and I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm, uh, like jumping around too much here, but
0: you're doing amazing. I, I, <laughs> I think come all out. <laughs> I
1: I think the thing that I was trying to get back to is those years of healing were really rough and we aren't done but when around the time covid started and everything happened with covid it really shifted things majorly because suddenly my kids were home all day yeah. and I didn't have the same time I had before to be able to work on stuff. And, um, you know, we worked around it, but you know, it, it was tough and, um, my anxiety got really bad. Um, I even like, I literally broke out in hives because I was dealing with so much. And on top of all the fear that was being broadcasted out the in horror. the atmosphere, it, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: peace and the joy of the lord like
1: yes yeah and i i really i found i think through that being a hard time the most amazing part was learning um and discovering something that helped me uh, and i i use the term to be grounded and not in like grounding your kid, but literally to ground myself, to, to keep myself calm. And that was literally, which I think a lot of us women did baking, (laughs) sourdough baking, all those things was like, it was soothing to me to bake. I did kombucha and I, I baked and I just, um, I found a lot of joy in that. And I could be going through a really tough time, but I had no choice but to get up and function because my kids were there. They needed me and I needed to be present. And it took that um, the need um, that even in the midst of some of the hardest moments, my kids needed me and I needed to be there for them um, to really help my system to as hard as it was to take responsibility for my healing and to say, no, we are not going to go to bed. Even if it hurts, even if it hurts to get up and do this, we are going to step up and do this. And we did. And some days I did it crying because it was so bad. But what I found, the more and more I moved, the more I took my kids and we went outside and walked and we did stuff, despite all the restriction we went out anyway you know we got out and we went to my friend's farm and collected eggs and we were getting essentials at the farm and enjoying some friendship too. You
0: know, it you know, was like <laughs> that is so it's just so god because in the midst of this global yeah. chaos for yeah. someone who's gone through this internal chaos with yeah. fragmentation and all sorts of stuff. And you're doing this whole journey thing of working on the deep, deep things yeah. that yeah. no one even wants to acknowledge to begin with. You're going to say, all right, I'm literally going to shut the world down and I'm going to allow people the ability to engage with their humanity again. Yeah, That is, like you said, so, so grounding. Um, yeah. There's something really cool too. Uh, we've kind of experiment experimented with it. It's called mud packing. Yeah. And Chelsea Barlow, she does mudwise and she is mud packed um, survivors huh. to root them back into their their humanity. And it's brilliant. It's brilliant, brilliant okay. to hear them grounding to themselves because what were we? It was dust. The breath of God went into the dust of the earth and then Adam was, was created. (laughs) And so rooting back into things that just bring out humanity Mm. and the beauty of humanity that God literally just said, Hey, I created these beings in my image. They're awesome. Um, And that is just really cool how you're saying these very normal things so much redemption so much healing you're saying we went to a farm and collected eggs why (laughs) why is that like trendy now that's because we've been so dissociated globally dissociated from just being humans
1: and then been disconnected from the land we live on Mm -hmm. because we're so connected to the internet and I really feel like um this season has reconnected me And it doesn't mean I'm not still out on Facebook because I still have too many friends out there that I love to, to not get out there from time to time. But I, at one point I had to walk away from it because the fear the confusion was so overwhelming and I had to get back to my roots because it was there that healing was. And, you know, the other day I was talking to a friend and we were talking about how, you know christians can be weird and and we can all have our weird things and i i sat there and i thought these were my my uh homeschool moms that are pretty normal christian friends and i'm like you think you're weird no <laughs> yes. i don't what about us yes like, well let me talk about
0: it. no i didn't
1: <laughs> i told you
0: we'd be giggling in this podcast like i literally knew that we would giggle
1: (laughs) i i could go weird if you want (laughs) no but but i found um god is bringing me back into a place of normalcy not to walk away from the weird things that he does because he is a strange and unusual and a fun creative God and that's he's put creativity in me and my kids and I love that about him but I am finding such joy in getting dirty and going out and being around the farm being in and now a big thing for us is we, we ride horses. My girls, uh, they've always had a love for horses. I've always had a love for horses, but we started lessons and it, it's been such a healing thing for my girls. Nice. <laughs> it's just been amazing. Um, even days like now, you know, I could be in such a rough place. And, um, I remember literally driving last week, to the barn, and I was ready to have a panic attack in the car. I was walking through my breathing as I'm driving, and my kids, I can't talk right now. Just, just, I, I just need to focus. Uh, You're like, Are you okay? I'm like, I'm working on it. You know? but, right? but I, I like, I was a mess because it just it was one of those days. I had emotional things, and you know, I've gone through lots of healing, but I'm still. I'm still, I got my messes, you know, and I still have parts that are a mess, especially at night. Sometimes they, they're, they they're longing for, for help and some of them aren't ready to receive it. So it, it it can be a battle still. But when I got to that barn and just spent some time with my favorite horse and I just hugged on him and cried, you know, it's like, there's such healing, even just in that moment that I literally, Walked out of that barn a different feeling completely different and feeling healed. And it was like I sat there and I was like, God, you're my healer, but but this is so good. and something it reminded me of is how, you know, I don't know if you've ever read, and I, I highly recommend this to you or anyone else, is Brother Lawrence's um book. It's a small little book called Practicing the Presence of God. I think you can find it online audiobook for free um, out there. But I read this years before my girls were born. Um, and it he literally was practicing being aware of God's presence and everything he was doing. And his favorite time was washing the dishes. <laughs> he was this little monk and he would go and he would wash the dishes. And in those moments of washing the dishes, the presence of God was so rich for him. And he would take time there would be times that he'd forget about it. And in in that moment of forgetting, he'd ask God, he'd repent and say, God, you know, forgive me for forgetting that you were present with me. And he would, he talks about taking, um, making the effort to be aware of his presence and everything. And something that he's teaching me right now is so much about how, um, you know these amazing experiences that I've had, and that that sometimes he brings me into, and sometimes I'm I feel drawn to step into, um, are awesome and amazing. But also, what is awesome and amazing and beautiful is right here, right now, physically with my children, to be able to go and to watch them grow and to to learn to ride and last Wednesday, we went to cowboy church, which was awesome is our local group of, of like, it's a whole bunch of families and they, it's, it's supposed to be youth group, but it's like the, the whole family comes and they just ride. And my daughter was cantering and she was so excited because she didn't think she could do it. And she did it. And it was just, you know, the joy and, um, Connection and it was like we had a little devotion, but it was more the fellowship yeah. and the connection that was so life giving and so good. And I think um, there is something beautiful that I believe God is really bringing people into learning to connect there. And I, I've even been asking God, how does this look for other survivors? How can I help people that are walking? this journey that i walk through um to not not be afraid of the healing part but also not be afraid to step through the pain and to to get up and and to physically do something even though it's hard yeah. um because there are people that need what they have they need their love you know they need their attention but also to have grace on them to to not be available sometimes too you know what I mean? Because it, it, it is a journey. Um, but, you know, my heart is one day to be able to open a place that I could have horses and have, whether it be tiny homes or something that people can come and rest and heal and um, work through some of their trauma, but then to get up and go feed the horses and groom them and and maybe get on one if they're, they're brave enough or just to sit there and cry with one, you know, and, and just to, um, to realize that there is healing that can happen and it doesn't have to always look the same and they don't have to, um, they don't always have to go searching through heavy things to find it. That sometimes it can come in simple ways, and it, this is not to knock any of these bigger ministries that talk about, you know, they talk about SRA stuff. I think, I think people need to understand about trauma and SRA, and um, I'm sorry, that's like satanic ritual abuse and and trafficking and these things, and, and understand those things. There is a time to to learn and understand, but there's also a time to in a healing journey to be aware when it's becoming um, it's almost becoming a dependency on the hearing from others to, to know how to, heal. you know, because I think God, God has beautiful ways for us to heal if we can find it. Um, yeah. So
0: my the theme of my podcast, at least right now is spirit forward living. And when you were talking about the month with the dishes and the water, yeah, yeah. I can guarantee you that water activates that guy's spirit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. he does.
1: It really does. And uh, you know, you were talking about the ground and the packing and one of the things throughout my journey has been um, I've had parts of my soul that, that have gotten a lot of healing in that process. Um, for me, there are some people that believe when, once a part gets healed, they should be integrated back into the whole, you know? And for me, it's been more like them experiencing Jesus and letting them and Jesus figure out, okay, now what, what What's is my part that? to play in, in, in my journey? Mm-hmm. And I found that some of them end up getting, you know, completely healed. And I just don't, I'm not aware of them anymore because they became more deeply integrated or a part of my, my consciousness, but some end up going down and I'm not fully aware, but then I find out like that a lot of them in this, in the spirit realm were a part of something that God was doing. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: um, one of the things that God showed me, and now I'm going to go on the weird side a little bit, but was that my, um, part of my destiny was that was to deal with land. And the land that we live on, um, you know, it's, there's scriptures where it talks about, like Jesus said, you know, if you stop yelling that even the rocks will cry out, you know, there is with, and it's scientists have discovered this, that rocks and minerals contain records, they contain, they contain the records of the land, but they also, they contain life and they also can contain not so good things too. And I believe that there's a lot of survivors that have walked in places that have become really rough ground and have become really rough, but I also believe those same parts of their soul that have experienced those things are the ones that can bring redemption and healing in that land. And I've seen that happen even with my own parts, the ones that were back in that room um, as a child hiding and feeling trapped were also the ones that got to go back and declare healing over my my parents' home, you know, and, and to be able to release peace in that place, that it's no longer a place of that memory. Yeah. It's it's a place of peace, you know, um, and even over nations and over places that we've, um, you know, I, I think of the people that have walked through trafficking and have walked through it, um, you know, it, it can be governmental, it can be related to, um different groups of people that are connected in the United States organizations without going into what they are um and those places that land can contain the records of that but it can also contain um it, going back to that scripture Isaiah 61 it talks about he binds up the brokenhearted and he releases those that are in captivity he sets the prisoners free and those are not just physical jails or you know places of captivity there are spiritual ones and yeah. just like that part of me was connected and was trapped in my room as a child was in a place of captivity that um there are parts of people that have walked through things that are still in places of captivity. And those that are walking this healing journey, whether you're a survivor of trafficking or you're just, you walk through some heavy trauma, you don't get just to walk through this journey just for yourself. You get to walk through this journey for your family and for every single person that walked a similar place. You get to bring healing in that area. And I believe one of the most powerful um influences that like god has on this earth is the people that have walked through those things that get to bring freedom to others that get to uh, to set captives free not just their own captives but the captive of other captivity of other people you know past and present so yeah
0: freedom for the whole grid
1: yes yeah yes yeah and a cleansing of the land
0: <laughs> more horses
1: and eggs, and less uh, <laughs> trauma.
0: Yes, no more webs.
1: Ugh. Yes, yeah. No more yucky stuff.
0: Well, Susan, I have loved, loved, loved talking to you. I could talk yeah. to you for forever, probably. Oh. Um, I just, I genuinely love hearing your essence come forward, and like your heart for healing, and your heart for redemption, and moving into the productive pain and Mm -hmm. seeing the goodness of God that's Mm -hmm. always so edifying to me and I know it's edifying to our listeners so thank you for your bravery thank (laughs) Thank you you for for speaking up and I just want to honor you for that
1: um
0: if people wanted to connect with you how would they do that what's your blog what's your website
1: um you could probably the best way would be just um through either my facebook susan melanie storm or um through mystic mama is the other one um i also have a facebook page for mystic mama storm
0: so yeah <laughs> Brilliant. yeah well, blessings to you again thank you for chatting with us tonight yeah um i'm i'm honored to have talked to you thank you megan <laughs> you're listening to medicinal minutes with megan mazinga